Hello and welcome. It's Adina from the Immigrant Finance Podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Let me introduce myself for a second. I am an immigration attorney who's been practicing for nearly 10 years. I'm also an accredited financial counselor and a financial and business coach specializing in empowering immigrant families really move from surviving to thriving and build wealth and live to their fullest potential. I got involved in this work from a unique experience where I am actually not an immigrant myself, but my husband is, and I have gone through with him the whole experience and journey of what it looks like to come to this country and know nothing about finances and have no resources and what that can do to you personally and as a family. And what happened for us was Mal came here in 2013. And when he came, we really struggled about money for several years. And even as an immigration attorney, I couldn't find any information out there about how immigrant families could navigate the financial system. I didn't know whether he could have a bank account or a credit card or invest or whether he'd be able to have a mortgage or retirement fund someday as we thought about growing our lives together. And this was really hard and it caused a lot of anxiety and stress and overwhelm for us. We spent about the past 10 years really obsessively studying the intersection of the immigration system and the financial system and learning how they really work together, how people can navigate it, um, and first started sharing about what we were learning in 2018 on our website at immigrantfinance.com, which we would love for you to check out. We've got a ton of free, awesome resources that can be helpful up there. Um, and so once we started this website and started blogging about this topic and really seeing there was nothing out there on the whole internet we knew that the, we had we had something that was helping people, and we knew that we needed to take that very seriously and expand it. So we have since grown the platform where we've now got this podcast, um, our YouTube channel, a um, ton of social media education content out there. You can check us out on various platforms. We've got a free Facebook group. Um, we, people can hang out and check out some of our trainings. And for those who are looking for more support, we have our signature immigrant finance school program where we really focus on helping immigrants learn how to do everything financially, regardless of their financial um, or immigrant situation. And we help people make massive financial shifts so they can move from surviving to thriving, to move from the paycheck to paycheck situation with no plan to having a plan to create lifetime wealth um, and to really move forward their goals and thrive. Um, this is something we are extremely passionate about doing, um, and it is our act of service to the world. And we hope to see more and more immigrants who are taking these steps, um, who are supporting each other and growing this amazing community so that we can see more immigrants building wealth. Our goal is to, over the next five years, help 1,000 immigrant families invest over $10 million together. So join us in this journey. Um, let us know about what steps you're taking to move forward your finances 
share, you know, share out these episodes, share out our posts so that we can get the word out and encourage your family and friends to take steps to become more financially empowered because this world would look very different and our immigration laws and system would look very different. And frankly, the people who vote and determine the future of this country would look very different if more immigrants were financially stable and strong and building wealth. So thanks for joining us on the ride and we can't wait to connect with you. Um, always love hearing from our audience. So shoot us a message on Instagram at immigrant.finance um, and we can't wait to connect. Enjoy the episode and take care. Hello, everyone. Greetings. It's Adina here from Immigrant Finance with our guest today, Jane Mefem. Welcome, Jane. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you and get to connect. Um, I've seen your great work and really looking forward to learning more and sharing it with our community. Thank you. Yeah, and just um, a brief background on, on Jane for you all, and then I'll turn it over to her to share more. So Jane is the founder and owner of Elgon Financial Advisors, which is an independent virtual fee-only registered investment advisor in Austin, Texas. Being virtual means she works with clients from all over the country. Her firm works with foreign-born families and immigrants here for a short time on visas or here for the long haul, such as citizens and green card holders. This is a second career for her after spending over 17 years in the high-tech space. She's a keen writer and is an active contributor to the Streets Retirement Daily Next Gen column. She has been featured in other publications like the Think Advisor, MSN, Money Geek, Authority Magazine, among others. She is a keen runner, and most weekends you're likely to find her running the Austin roads and trails with the goal of qualifying for the Boston Marathon this year. So cool. It's a fun, fun um, thing to share. Yeah, awesome. Great. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about how you got into this whole um, financial space and a little bit more about what you do, please. Oh, absolutely. And uh, what might maybe help is if, if I go back a couple of years before I got into, into the business. So I'm an immigrant in like a lot of folks. I came here to go to school because, you know, our parents believe the U.S. has some of the best schools and I'm not going to argue with that. And so I came out here on a student visa, um, learned a lot, talked to, and of course, this is the short version of it, you know, talked to as many people as I could that were willing to talk to me, um, figured out I needed to get an H-1B visa. And I was very lucky to do that. And what happened with my first, my very first job, I remember they talked to us about 401ks and how you can start saving for retirement. And Adina, I had honestly no clue what I was doing or what I was supposed to do with the money. And the part that I remember is just being really frustrated and just being sad thinking, you know, I got these great academic credentials. I've landed a job in this country. Um, I got a great opportunity to start saving money, but I have no idea what to do with this thing they just gave me. And I didn't even know about the IRAs and all the other vehicles that we have to save. And so that really is what got me started on the journey. And what I decided to do was I'm going to learn everything. And I literally mean everything I could 
about money and how money works in the context of the U.S., you know, compared to where I was coming from. And, um, you know, got on the website. We, they didn't have as much information then as they do now. Subscribed to a couple of magazines. But the more I got into it, the more I realized there were a lot of other folks around me that had the same questions, you know, things like, okay, I'm on this type of visa. What can I do in terms of saving? Um, what, what can I invest in? Can I buy a house? And right now, some of those may seem a little basic just because I'm beyond that. But that really is what got that fire going in me to say this could be something else I can do as far as helping our community, really the immigrant community. And I'm also sure the people around us. And so, you know, first forward, I ended up uh, getting a green card. I became a citizen, but that never went away. And a couple of years later, um, a couple of years ago, I finally decided this was it. I'm going to jump into this business. I'm going to jump into this field. Um, and, and I'm really going to make it my life's work. Um, and this is how we end up with Elgon Financial Advisors. That is amazing. I, I love that story. Thank you for sharing. And it's, I re it resonates a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Although I'm not an immigrant, I, I told you, I think a little bit how my husband mm -hmm. is and I, I went through this with him. Right. And it was the same thing. Like we had no idea what any of this stuff meant. And, right. and there was nothing for immigrants about how right. immigrants could do this stuff. Right. So it led to having to, you know, commit to learning it personally, like you did, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then wanting to share it with others and help it because we need to get this information out. So yeah, did, did your experience motivate you to want to help other people with it? Oh, absolutely. And and the other thing I also realized, the more I learned, the more I got into it, what would happen is I'd go home and again, let's use the example of the 401k and, and I've studied this and I come to work and I start talking to people around me. And I also noticed even the folks around me who were born here, a lot of them also didn't have the knowledge. And at some point, it got right. to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, if you got a money question, just go talk to Jane in Cube 20 or whatever she is. Um, and so that really <laughs> got me like, I guess we're not really teaching people finances, which is it, it just breaks my heart when I think of the opportunities that we have. The other thing that really got me moving and motivating me was, again, as an immigrant, when I'd ask questions and people would give me answers, you know, I'd ask my friends or if I ask my coworkers, they would give me the information based on their experiences. And nobody was talking mm -hmm. to me about, you know, when you got one foot in this country and you have another foot in the other country, there's some technicalities, you know, you need to be thinking about, you need to be filing your taxes a little differently, that kind of thing. Um, so that really, and every time that came up, I kept thinking, I got to help people, you know, I really, really want to help people um, as part of also helping myself. So, yeah, I think I've really made it my mission and it's something I wake up every day really excited about what else can I learn? What else can I teach people out there? That is so incredible. And I, I definitely share that excitement. I mean, mm -hmm. I haven't I don't think I've heard of anyone else besides you who's a registered investment advisor specifically for immigrants have mm -hmm. you come across anybody else there's um th there's a few other folks in the and the community so what happens mm -hmm. is 
there's obviously a lot of regulations and to register right. my farm obviously i had to go <laughs> kind of jump through hoops to get this done i did mm -hmm. actually go back to school got my 65 got my cfp um mm -hmm. so quite a bit of education involved and then once you're ready you can go work with big farms but i really didn't want to do that because every time i talk with the with the farms um they really didn't want to go into that specific niche. So what mm -hmm. we had to do is say, I'm going to be, like I said, fee only independent. And because this is my farm, I pretty much can work with anybody I want to work with. So I do have that freedom. So I do know, like I said, a few other advices. Um, there's a gentleman I know that works with folks from, I think, Australia. There's, there's another guy I know mm. in New York. So a few of us are coming up for sure. Um, yeah. But I still think it's it's a niche. It's a space that we could still use more people in this space for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely need more people doing this work. And so I'm so great. I'm so grateful to learn about your work. And for people who are new to hearing the term registered investment <laughs> advisor and the series 65, could you explain a little bit what that means? Yeah. So when you finally decide, okay, here I am, um, I really want to start my own investment. This is what it's called, an investment farm. Um, registered investment advisor is the farm that you create registered by the state. So you go through all the state regulations um, to be able to give financial advice, to be able to give investment advice. So this is what I've done working with the state of Texas to get this farm, this entity registered. So the good thing is when you work with a registered investment advisor, because one of the things I know as immigrants, there's always that fear of, is this person gonna be honest? Are they going to give me the right advice? Are they fiduciary? That's almost one thing you're almost guaranteed by law and regulation. I have to be a fiduciary. I have to make sure I'm giving you advice that's specific to you for your interest, not my interest. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So with, I think something to be helpful for people to know is oh, when, sure. with a registered investment advisor, you can actually like manage their investments for them, right? And purchase the investments on their behalf. That's correct. I can, yeah. I can, I can, I can manage the investments for them. And so I actually use um, one of the big farms, TD Ameritrade. So let, let's say you're a client or you're a prospect and you come to me and we talk and you and I decide, yeah, you do want to invest some money. Yes, with this registration, I can help you invest your money. Your money is always held by TD Ameritrade, but yes, I'll help you figure out what are the best investments to get into, what are the best what I think of as vehicles, you know, what, what are the different savings accounts that you can get into? And the way I do it in my case, I always keep your immigration um, background in perspective because there's some things we can do, there's some accounts we can open and there's some accounts we can't open, again, depending on where your status is. You know what I'm saying? Where your even visa status. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I do feel that's something that's been lacking. Somebody that will come in and, and just look at things through an immigrant's eyes to say, yeah, there's some things we can do. There's some things we can't do according mm -hmm. to the law when it comes to investments. And so this this is a space that I'm currently playing in. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's fascinating. 
That that's so incredible. I, I know I've studied a lot of that too, and it is mm-hmm. complicated, and a lot of people need advice in that area. Um, there's yeah. a lot of intersection with immigration law. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so just to back up a little bit, now that mm-hmm. you've told kind of your story, what you do, um, in terms of like your experience with immigration, how has mm-hmm. that view? How has that informed your view of money and finances? Like how has that played a role? So um, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So the thing that I find, and it's it's something I've always been very interested in when it comes to psychology. You, you're probably familiar with the term manuscripts, how you grew up, the things you learned about money growing up. Does that ring mm. a bell? In I haven't so- heard that term, but definitely okay. studied a lot how what you learn growing up affects okay so so that that creates or that forms your manuscripts what you learned growing up so one of the things that I find is growing up my parents were they're really good about teaching us about money and now looking back I'm like thank you thank you parents you know for what you taught us they taught us how to budget and one thing they always talk to us a lot and I've actually written about that on my blog is things like um, uh, things like if, if you want to get something, you need to have, you need to put in some of your money into this thing that you want to get. My dad called it cost sharing. So I come in with that mindset of, um, you know, you work hard and if you work hard, you're likely to get to where you want to go to. I also come in with a mindset of, um, I know we need to have an emergency fund, but just coming from let's say from where I came from to come here, that's a risky move, if you know what I mean. And so I come in with that mindset of, there's a lot that I can do now that I'm here that maybe people who who were born in the US may not be willing to do. So that whole mindset of, I'm gonna keep working as hard as I can. Um, I was taught if I work really hard, I can make it. And so I find that does inform some of what I do. So I'll give you an example. If I'm talking with a prospect and they tell me they're thinking of um, they have this big project that they're thinking of doing or building or something like that, my first answer to them is, I don't think you can do that. I'm all about, yeah, let's see what we can do to help you do that, because I know the mindset they're bringing in, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Mindset is everything. (laughs) Everything with finance. It is. Yeah. Like if you can see it and believe it and like willing to do the work, anything is possible. That's the hard part though, is like getting to that point. Anything is possible. And so when I work with folks, we actually spend a lot of time up front really talking about what a possible future look like for you. And I'll say, Mm -hmm. let's just dream together about what this thing could look like. I know we're here. I know what kind of visa we're on because that's always something I'll keep in mind. I know we may have to wait a couple of years before we do some things, but but let's dream and think, what are the things you'll be able to do in future? And and I'm a big believer in um, investing in human capital. So it doesn't mean we need to save the money right now. Maybe we need to take that, improve ourselves, start something and then we can start heading into the future. And I do find mm-hmm. for sure immigrants, I mean, they're really hard working. And a lot of times saying things can be done, uh, sometimes it's what gets people motivated to kind of keep moving along. 
Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that for a second because that's something I see a lot as well with our community. Like people work really mm -hmm. hard and they know how to work hard and that's not the issue. Like many people mm -hmm. are working two or three jobs. Yes. Uh, and they know how to make money, right? Mm -hmm. Like there there mm -hmm. are there's a big need for for jobs right now. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. the issue is more like well there there's a lot of challenges obviously, but oh um, yes. Like learning how to hold on to that money and mm -hmm. have it start working for you. Correct. And have the money be working instead of you, right? And like how to build something where like you're the boss instead of the employee. And, and I love what you just said. So I think of it as, as having your money work smart for you. Cause you're right, um, working hard two, three jobs, that's never been an issue. And so what I'll say to people is, okay, this is where we are. You're working two, three, four jobs. But again, let's dream about what the future could be, right? What else could we be doing with this money? The question is, what's the ultimate goal? Are we working so hard just so we can spend the money or just do the things that, you know, we do normal life kind of thing? And so I really have people focus on what else? What's the ultimate goal? Where do you want to be in three, four, five years? And, and I'll, you know, once we figure out what that vision looks like, then it gets a little bit easier to say, okay, you're working two, three jobs. We can use the third job for this thing that you want to start in future, you know, this business you want to start in future. Um, I think of starting Elgon Financial Advisors that was a huge step for me. <laughs> but again, oh, it's yeah. knowing, you know, it's knowing what, what it is that you want to achieve in future. And if what I'll say to people is if we go down five years, you know, forwards, you look back five years, you really don't want to be in the same space. And if there's any way we can help mm -hmm. you move forwards, come on, let's let's do it, right? We can do this. I love thing. that. I love that focus you're doing and it's it just shows it's such a testament to how financial planning is often like life planning and life coaching. It is. <laughs> All right. I mean money's just made up to begin with. So <laughs> it's it's really about like how do you want your life to be and like mm -hmm. let's use finances as a tool and strategy yes. to get you there. So I love that you're pushing people to like think about what they really want and like why are you working these three jobs, right? And like Exactly. Yeah. That's that's brilliant. Awesome. Thank you. I love <laughs> yeah, it. I'm on the same page. It's so important. And yeah, what other thoughts do you have you want to share um, when it comes to the immigrant community with how, you, you know, people could be thinking differently about money to be in that position where they can really let themselves feel free to dream in the first place mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. believe what's possible and then actually take steps to make it happen? So the first thing is, as you and I know, obviously the challenges with whatever the immigration status, um, that's, that's, that's probably saying a lot. So right. let me give you an example. So when I first came in and then I'll, I'll, I'll go into my point, when I first came in and I was on the uh, F1, the student visa, I remember, like I said, actually talking to an immigrant, Atani, and trying to find out what is it, what do I need to do so I can stay in this country? You know, what do I need to do to move on to the next step? Because again, looking forward, I knew I really wanted to stay in this country and I wanted to make it as easy as possible for myself. So I knew I wanted to become a citizen. And, you know, they talked me through that whole, you know, that whole immigrant journey with the visas and all that stuff. And what I did was I went out again, I talked to everybody that was willing to talk to me. 
to say, what do I need to move to the next step? And so for me, that was information gathering so I could understand what was possible within my situation. So that's always the first thing I'll say to people. Okay, this is your status today. What is it that we need to do initially to get you to the next status? So something as simple, like I said, F1 visa going to H1, that opens a whole lot of doors, for example, right? Obviously, right. when you become a, a, a permanent, um, sit, I mean, a permanent a green card holder, that opens even more doors. So that's the first thing. What do we need to do to get you to that point? So mm-hmm. education, 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 education. That's the first thing. And then yeah. as we're figuring all that out, what can you do within your visa status as far as finances are concerned? And one of the things you need to watch out for, here's another example I'll give you. We all need to file taxes. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, for example, as an F1 student, you don't need to be using the regular tax form. There's a separate form that you should be using, what they call the non-residency form. So, again, let's understand the things that we need to be doing. So, again, it's a lot of education. And if you look at my blog, I write a lot about that. You know, like your immigration status is not as this, it's not the same as your tax residency status so right. let's understand all these things so education 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 and once yeah. we come out on the other end we have a very clear list of here are the things i know i can do financially now let's start doing best things and again i'll keep talking about the future you know the future the vision the goal let's see what we need to do to get you there because um, again, I don't want people to start building something here and then a couple of years down the road because of some tax issue or some estate planning issue, they find out they can't really take advantage of that. So that's always my thing. Education, education, education. Talk to folks that have this thing for and um, learn as much as you can. And then let's apply our immigrant mindset, working hard, but work smart. Sorry, I know that was a little bit exactly. more minded, but... No, no, that's perfect. So I'm hearing, you know, blend the strategy around your immigration planning and and um, what what type of visa and status you want to try to okay. obtain yep. with also the taxes and the finances and then shifting to learning how to have your money work for you. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is the main way that you help people or that you recommend um having them work well okay tell why don't you tell us what is the main way you think people can have their money work i was gonna guess but no no so so this this different ways uh assuming we've met everything actually i think i wrote something on steps to take so the first thing is obviously we make sure you're protected because we know how in this country we tend to leave paycheck to paycheck that's like the basic stuff right Let's make sure if something yeah. happens to your job, you know, emergency fund, that kind of thing. And then the next thing is let's start investing in the stock market. And the way we do right. the investments, obviously, there's all these different vehicles that I kind of alluded to when I talked about like the 401k and all the different savings accounts that we can start putting our money into. And then, and you're doing a fantastic job with this is what businesses can we start like the online business stuff that you're doing i think that's fantastic and um, i'll be like yeah let's talk to adina about some of these things that we can start um you also have things like investing in real estate but again that i'll take that as 
client by client basis. Um, yeah. But yeah, to me, it's let's diversify as much as we can. And we're not just diversifying yeah. within the stock market, which obviously is a big deal right now. But it's also what else can you start? What else can you do that will start right. uh, helping you make money? Does that make sense? Yes, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. Um, for people <laughs> listening, just to emphasize how the how important it is what Jane is saying. When you look at wealthy people, they're not just saving in a bank, and they're not right. just investing in a, in their four hundred one k. They have multiple strategies. They've got their investments in the stock mm-hmm. market. They've got businesses, or they're investing in other businesses. They've got real estate. So this word diversification, I think you just said. Mm-hmm. is all about having multiple different streams of income so that right. like, you're reducing the risk. If one of them doesn't work out, you've got two more, right? So that's really where we need to be moving is not just, to, you know, not only starting to invest when you're the first in your family, but also thinking about these other strategies too. So thank you so much for highlighting that. It's incredibly oh, important. You. Thank you. Although the other thing I do say, like if I get people who already have great jobs, and again, this is part, you know, where you really talk to people up up front to kind of understand where they're coming from and their mindset. I also know, you know, starting businesses may not be for everybody and that's okay too, right? Yes. So I don't want people to feel bad if they can't do that. But again, it's just showing them here are the possibilities. And I get it. If you can't do it, you can still make a great living, especially if you've got a great job, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I do want to point that out. That's very true. The only thing I would add is I think I think sometimes that belief can hold people back in the mm-hmm. sense of like, mm-hmm. you don't have to start a full out business where you're the CEO true. and, have, you know. <laughs> You can have a little side hustle where you're applying the same skill you do in your day job, mm-hmm. but also doing it for one or two clients on the weekends mm-hmm. so that you mm-hmm. can have extra money, right? Like there's different ways you can have businesses or you can do babysitting or Uber Eats, you know, driving. Yeah, or, that's true. Right. Like whatever, like just be creative because um, I do see a lot of people feel like they don't have it's not possible for them or that they could never be a business owner. (laughs) I mean, I certainly thought that I've worked in nonprofits for 15 years, you know, immigrant finance that I have with my husband is the first business I've ever been involved in. Mm, Oh, good (laughs) for you. (laughs) Thank you. But like, it's, you know, there's this idea that to be a business owner, you have to be a certain personality or certain Mm. type of person. And like, it's really just about sharing your your gifts and your skills in different ways, I think, for people. And, and, and maybe what we need to do, and I'm just thinking about this as you're saying it, when we say business, we're not talking this huge enterprise. It's just something right. outside of, let's say, your work and you start more to your point. And I love what you just said. It's sharing your knowledge and sharing your skill set. And if it's something you enjoy, chances are you're likely to make some money on it. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And then you can just like save more, pay off debt more, invest mm-hmm. more. But mm-hmm. I, I really love pushing this idea with the immigrant community because, mm-hmm. well, first of all, why is this the strongest economy in the world? It's because of immigrants who are entrepreneurial. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, the, over half of the Fortune 500 companies have been started by immigrants or their family mm-hmm. members. Um, 
but also like it's I think it's really important for immigrants to be able to start seeing themselves as people who can generate income on their own and not just mm-hmm. be sources of labor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and yeah. to your point, uh, this 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 stat I love throwing out twenty five percent. I think of businesses, and if, if I don't get it right, I'll find it and send it to you after our conversation. Twenty five percent, I think, of businesses are started by immigrants. Right now, I'm not surprised. 20, yeah, twenty five percent of the big companies that you can think of, like in Silicon Valley, things companies like Google, you know, those kind of companies. They're all mm-hmm. started by immigrants. So yeah. there's something there that we really want to be taking advantage of. And another thing I read the other day, this gentleman was talking about, you know, you, you go out, you work, you got a job, your day job, which is fine. But you really need to be thinking about investing in yourself. And to me, I think what we're talking yeah. about is that whole investing in yourself. So absolutely. Yeah. Can you share a little bit more on that topic? So when I think about, I'll go out, I'll work for XYZ company for 20 years. And let's say, I'm thinking of an example where I'm doing all these tech stuff, but I'm also really good at writing, for example. My company is not investing in me as a writer, but they are paying me my dues for what I'm putting in, right? On the other hand, I can start doing some writing and I'm just talking writing because I love to write and start doing, let's say, freelance um, writing, start investing in that side of me, which is Jane mm-hmm. complete from the company. And so 10 years down the road, this Jane me side probably should have grown to be bigger than Jane the employed, uh, the employee. Does that make sense? It does make sense because that is the first thing I did was freelance writing (laughs) when we were struggling a lot with money because my husband had just immigrated here and we were having challenges with his visa and employment and, you know, there was a period he lost his job and Mm. I was pregnant and we, you know, we had to figure out. So yeah, actually applying a skill I had from my job of writing to do freelance writing was like the first way we were able to start building some financial stability, like through having an extra income stream. But Mm -hmm. in terms of um, like just the importance of investing yourself, like besides, Mm -hmm. besides starting a business, like how else would you recommend people can invest in themselves mm-hmm. in addition to investing in the stock market or a business. So, so here's, here's another example. Um, you, you're probably aware of this account called a Roth IRA account. It's an investment account. Of course, right? yes. Okay, good. So let's say somebody comes to me, somebody young, and they tell me they have two options. They want to invest, let's say it's 2K, in the stock market, in the Roth account, and we know this money is going to grow tax-free and good things are going to happen on that end. Or they're thinking of taking this 2K, going out and taking this course that they saw somewhere, and this course will actually allow them to get um, a pay raise at their current job. Without a doubt, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just come out and say, I know you want to start investing in the stock market, but let's invest in you. I guess you call it human capital. Let's Mm -hmm. invest in you this 2K. You end up getting a pay raise. And what that means, we got to be thinking three, four years down the road when they do the the future pay raises, they're going to be basing it on the newer number. 
So overall, you're going to end up ahead. So it's always thinking about what can I do in terms of improving myself, improving my human capital, you're right, where I'm not necessarily starting a new job. So anything I can learn, any courses I can take. And of course, right now, there's a ton mm -hmm. of things out there we kind of have to be careful. But it's constantly mm -hmm. improving yourself. What you're reading, what can you really do to improve your current skill set? Um, and then yes. go from there. Couldn't agree more. Again, everything you're saying, I'm <laughs> right with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is another thing wealthy people know so well that they they understand like the most valuable asset they have is their ideas, their skills, Correct. right? So they're constantly investing in themselves. That's why a lot of wealthy people you see have like multiple coaches. Masterminds. Yes, <laughs> they're going to conferences all the time to network like they get this that like this is the number one thing that's going to help them make more money mm -hmm. and with that example you just gave not only is the person going to get that pay raise that year but every other year after that correct based on the new number right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's so important i'm really glad that you're incorporating that and, and thank you for sharing that with with our audience, um, is there anything else you would share as maybe like the number one thing you wish you knew about finances when you were first starting out in this country that you'd want to share with others? So when I go back to my first 401k, I wish I knew now what I know then. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, I don't think, I, I, I don't know that I would have known it. So um it would have been nice to have known some of these things. But then when I think about the experiences that I've had, um, I don't know that they'll be as rich as they are right now. So mm. my thing is, I wish I'd known some of those things. I didn't, and that's okay. And that's what led me to this point. And so mm -hmm. my thing is, you know, just keep educating yourself, keep reaching out to the right people. Uh, don't sit in your corner and just, you know, feel miserable. There's definitely a lot of help and a lot of opportunities for us out there. We, we just have to be willing and be brave enough to come out and, and, and kind of grab it. I love it. It sounds like you're saying kind of like embrace the journey. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you, you have to, you have to embrace the journey. You, you have to enjoy it, even though sometimes it doesn't seem enjoyable. But mm -hmm. it's it, to me, it's like learn from every experience that comes your way, which is why I'm thinking I don't know that I'll cha change anything because I feel like I've learned from every experience. You know, take the good, obviously throw out the yeah. bad and, and move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's so valuable. Thank you so much, Jane, for all this very valuable advice you're sharing with, with our audience. Um, where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about your work? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. So uh, if they go to my website, algonfa.com, algonfa.com, that, that's where that's sort of like the hub of everything that I do. They can also subscribe to a newsletter. And I think maybe we can include a link in that. Um, yeah, of course. We'll link it okay. below. Um, I'm also on Twitter where I talk about money and running uh, Algon Financial. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Jane Metham in Facebook, Elgon Financial. So any of those places. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. And we really appreciate, again, all of this generous advice you've shared. And thank you so much, Adina, for having me and for the work that you're doing. I do, I do keep an eye on everything you're doing. And I'm always like clapping 
uh, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Let's keep doing more of this. So thank you. Oh, well, please um, let me know however I can support the great work you're doing too. We, we definitely need more people, you know, fighting this fight and yeah. building up, uh, you know, the, the knowledge base for, for the you. immigrant community. Yeah. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to listen to the Immigrant Finance Podcast. And congrats to you for taking some time to invest in learning about finances. It is one of the most powerful steps you can take in your financial journey is just carving out the space and the time to prioritize it. It all gets easier from there. Um, If you found some value out of this episode, if you learned something We would be so grateful if you could please share it with your friends or family and also go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify. It would really help us be able to reach and help more people. Those algorithms do make a difference. There's two um, ways you can also deepen your journey when it comes to finances um, with immigrant finance that we would love to invite you to think about. The first is to go and join our private free community group um, over on Facebook. It's called Building Generational Wealth for Immigrant Families. And you can check it out at facebook.com slash groups slash immigrant finance. There's a bunch of free prior trainings we've done under the tab guides. Um, You will also be able to access future trainings that we have going forward and connect with other immigrants and their family members who are also focused on building wealth and building a better future for them and their families. The other way you can get started is by learning more about investing. Investing is one of the most powerful acts you can take to build wealth and to stop trading time for money and start building passive income and building wealth for the future. We have a free masterclass that is all about how immigrant families can get started investing. And you can check it out over at investingmasterclass.immigrantfinance.com. Thanks. And we hope you have a great rest of your day.